0: Cost endless online searching to the curb. Let us edit out the noise and bring you medicine without
1: misinformation. Welcome to the MedEdit Podcast, hosted by me, Dr. Jessica Gray. And me, Dr. Carrie Sorrell. Together, we will provide real evidence-based medical information that will empower your health decisions, answer your questions, even the cringeworthy ones, and help you navigate the overload of information related to health and wellness. Let's sprinkle a little laughter and a whole lot of knowledge into your day.
2: Welcome. You are in the right place. This is the MedEdit podcast with your hosts, Drs. Jessica Gray and Carrie Sorrell. I'm Patrice Sacora. This is the first episode of the show, and it's where we get to learn about Dr. Jessica and Dr. Carrie, why they do what they do, and why they're doing this podcast. So Jess and Carrie, how are you?
0: We're doing great. We're excited to be here. Doing well. <laughs> the first episode.
2: Absolutely. First of many, many, many. Now, yes, Karen, let's absolutely. start with you. How do you know Jess?
1: Well, Jess and I are both physicians in a fairly small community here in Texas. So we are colleagues. Um, that's how we first met. So we share some patients in common. And then we got to know each other personally as well as socially and our families as well. So now we're just good friends as well as colleagues. Um both of our profession, of course, is taking care of patients, so that's where we first cross paths. Jess is a family medicine physician, which means she pretty much takes care of anyone and everyone. Definitely. <laughs> I'm always very in awe of the ability of the family medicine physician to take care of the wide range of ages and diseases that they do. So her job is comprehensive health care across all ages, genders, diseases, parts of the body. Whereas I'm a gastroenterologist, which is a lot more focused. And that basically means I take care of where food goes in to where food comes out. Um, also known in the fancy term as the digestive tract. Also some liver disease and some pancreas, which help break down that food and some nutrition as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. Carrie has the very interesting job of talking about all the topics that most people would think are taboo or you know just stay away from it's, it's poop let's just say yeah, poop <laughs> absolutely talk about poop a lot <laughs> when I talk to some of my patients and I especially my teenagers or kids and I have to ask them about things like that they're just faces of the total cringe that they have are absolutely fascinating and I absolutely think what Carrie does is just it's it's fun too right it, it is
1: po- a lot of fun. fun I think the number one question I get from everybody is what made you choose this for a living <laughs> Um, I mean, no matter, you know, if it's a patient or a family member, like, why did you choose this? What's wrong with you? (laughs) Why did you
2: choose it? Why did you choose? Well,
1: I, I always tease them as job security more than anything, right? <laughs> you never run out of you never run out of problems. If you when you talk to people, especially as they get older, one of the main things they always complain about is their vowels, right? I mean, there's <laughs> always too much or too little. So I just felt like um, you know, I'd have a, an impact for years and decades to come without running out of patience to see.
2: Well, that's fantastic, Carrie. I mean, wait till everybody has kids and they have pets, you talk about poop all the time. But (laughs) to face it, you do. But now, Jess, why did you go into family practice?
0: So, you know, family medicine is one of the very interesting, unique positions in medicine where I have no idea what I'm going to see every day. You know, somebody can tell me what I'm going to see every day, but inevitably is never just that. You go from room to room to room and the next patient is completely different than the other one. And you get to really develop these relationships with patients over many, many years. And then relationships with their, you have one patient, then you see their mom, you see their dad, you see their grandfather, their grandchild, their their child, their aunt, their ne- niece, nephew. You have these entire families that you see for many years and you know generations. And so the continuity of care in that specific field was definitely something that drew me to it. And then I love the idea of taking care of every age. I had an attending physician when I started in medical school who she then was with me when I was in residency. And even when I finally got now, she just recently retired, but she would always tell tell us that we take care of people from womb to tomb. So we literally from zero to over a hundred. I mean, I've I've delivered so many babies. I don't deliver babies anymore, (laughs) but we, I've delivered babies. I've taken care of them, you know, in the womb and prenatal care. And then all the way a bit at, you know, my patient's deathbeds. I've just recently sat with a patient at their house as he passed away, surrounded by loving family. And so it's just a very interesting profession where i get to have all aspects of it in one and really develop a love and care for the entire family
2: right right well it sounds like you both really love what you do do you ever get frustrated
0: all the time
1: never <laughs>
0: <I'm> just- <laughs> <laughs> you know which is so funny you say that because that's exactly why we're doing this podcast i mean then you couldn't you can't even describe it more accurately than we get frustrated in our day jobs. We both have day jobs as you know, full-time physicians. We see patients day in and day out and the frustration we've really developed over the last several years it's been growing even more and more is the lack of education but also the misinformation that's you know pretending to be education for pa- patients is out there right now. Patients will go to the internet which I'm not, we've been doing this for 10 years and the fact that we now have to fight more medical misinformation online and on social media these days. It's made our jobs a lot harder. It's been interesting because in this last 10 years, we're just seeing things change where patients used to come to your doctor and they used to say, OK, this is my problem. And then we you know, gave them advice. We gave them evidence based information, meaning things that came from research and studies, and they trusted us. And now they come to us and sometimes they have a mistrust already coming into the office with us and they're scared and they say, my friend told me this because some internet person told me this. And, you know, you look at the internet person, they don't, they're not a doctor. They're not even close. They don't have a degree in anything they're saying, but they're really great with Instagram and social media. So Mm -hmm. they look really, really influential. And so we're combating medical misinformation on a daily basis now. And so- How do you fight back? Well, we decided to start a podcast. (laughs) We thought this might be an option that we can offer evidence-based medical information. We will hear that saying a million times over and over again, but it separates us from what else is on social media. Evidence-based means that we can back to everything we say up with research, validated research, credible publications, things that are in actual journals and you know, um, consensus by committees of medical professionals that are experts in their fields. We're not making this stuff up. you know, we're definitely going to be sharing stories of our own. We're humans, we're moms, <laughs> we have kids and husbands and lives. but we want to share with you information that we use to treat our patients and how we make those decisions.
1: Carrie. And if we can't, we'll tell you where there's not information Yeah, there are some yeah. things that we don't have that to back up. And we'll tell you that. So if somebody else tries to come at you saying, you know, this is the answer and we'll tell you that right now that there is no answer. Um, So at least you're well informed to know that that's also true. Yeah, because that's the thing is a lot of people are trying to sell you something. I mean, we can start off the
0: bat right there. We are not selling anything. We you know, we are here we're not going to sell you, you know, hormone related products or vitamins or, you know, anything else. We are here just to give information, you know, to our listeners so that they can better their lives, hopefully their families' lives and feel that they can create a trust in information they're receiving and not, you know, just because someone says that they have the magic cure. I mean, does that really usually ever work?
2: Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the topics you hope to cover?
1: Here you go for it. We've got a lot of ideas. Yeah, we have a lot of ideas. That's the one good thing about medicine is you never have a shortage. But, you know, we're hoping to cover things from symptoms of heart attack or heart disease, specifically in women who do present differently than men, um, all the way to, you know, do I have lupus, to nutrition, skin care advice from a dermatologist. And there's going to be a wide breadth of information and also kind of help prepare patients for when they do go see their doctor so they have correct information. Like, how do I prepare for my first pap smear or, you know, getting a mammogram, getting a colonoscopy, which is, of course, my personal favorite topic, <laughs> you know, all of those things. So also to make you as a patient feel more comfortable when you do go into these encounters with your own healthcare provider.
0: You know, as physicians, we see, you know, both of us see men, women, you know, I see children of all ages and things too, but we do have a passion, especially for women's health. We are women. So we feel like we can give that unique perspective. We're women and mothers. So a lot of our information will be targeted mostly towards women, um, some of the information we share that is applicable to men as well. So, you know, something you can talk about, bring home to your husband, remind him to get his colonoscopy or, you know, something that will apply definitely to your kids. But like Carrie said, we've got topics. I mean, we've got, um, one of the things we wanted to share is that we are going to bring some guests on the show as well. We, you know, we sit here, we are experts in our field. We can say that we are experts in our field. That's why we have all our lovely advanced degrees and awards on the wall and stuff. We're experts our field, but we also know experts in their individual fields mm-hmm. as well, and we want to bring them on the show to share their experience because this is where we continue our knowledge and our. This is where we get our information from as well. We have, you know, great, amazing board certified any specialty you can pick. We've got psychiatrists, like Carrie said dermatology, plastic surgery, we got you know, all the fun stuff covered too. We'll talk about anything from cosmetic things, infertility, OBGYN topics, um, you know, one of the great ones we can even talk about with, you know, cold and flu season, pediatric stuff, RSV, what to do when your kid is, you know, breathing funny and not feeling great. How do you know when to go to the ER? Carrie's experiences, I've experienced this, both our little ones, you know, have had to RSV multiple times in the past, you know, year or so. Absolutely. So we want to share information from, you know, credible guests from us as well that you can use in your daily life.
2: And we'll have this contact information in the show notes as well. But right now, I know you folks have a, a website. What's the website where people can reach you?
0: The mededitpodcast.com would be where you can get us at our website. And it's not that difficult
2: also- to remember. No,
0: no. Okay. It's pretty easy. It's med- pretty straightforward. <laughs> the med Edit Podcast. Yes. Mm-hmm. We are oh. also on social media. Oh, yes. We, we are on all the social media. I mean, Where else can you fight misinformation if you don't join? Join it. So we're on social media as well.
2: Do you find this, the misinformation that people are getting from social media is taken to heart more by older people or younger people?
1: I can tell you it's both. Yeah. You know, I, I would say it used to be younger people right. was where we would see it, but now I agree it's it's both. I mean, it's everybody from young people to older people who have really taken a lot of this information to heart and run with it. And, you know, we're not blaming people by any means. When you don't feel good and you're looking for answers,
2: right? Yeah. it's
1: hard. You know, you just want to feel better. You just want to figure out what's going on. I, I totally understand that. And so you go towards the easiest access, right? Which is social media, the internet to try to find a quick answer. To see if something works for you. So, I mean, I'm I've been there. I, I've done that. I've I've tried to find a quick answer at times when I'm just desperate for information, and so we're hoping to have a platform that's easily accessible. So when people are in that situation, they have something to access without having to cut through all of the misinformation that is out there. But yeah, it's it's everybody now. I think I think everybody's engaged in some sort of social media platform uh, based on their preference, and it's kind of pervasive on all of them now.
0: Yes. I, I mean, pay, I have patients this week, literally this week in my clinic that I was surprised. You know, I have patients in their 70s and 80s that are quoting things that they heard, you know, and it just depends on what topic they're talking about. Mm-hmm. That patient this week that was in their 70s was talking about vitamins and nutrition and related to that. And so, you know, talking about, do I need my vitamin K added with my magnesium and all these things? And so, and she was getting very upset and flustered and worried because she felt like she wasn't getting all the vitamins she needed. And as Carrie talked about before, we're here to tell you what you don't need as well. And Mm -hmm. so I was able to tell her, okay, based on your medical history, based on these things, we don't need to be adding this. Or one yesterday was just saying how, well, you know, I'm just going to keep adding more vitamin D and I, you know, they can't overdose on that. And I was like, yes, you yes, can. You can. <laughs> exactly. I was like, Mary knows this very well in her yeah. profession. I was like, you can overdose on vitamins A, D, E, and K. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, her face was shocked that she was right. like, wait, you can't. I said, yes, I mean, we can cause liver damage, blindness, all sorts of things from over the counter vitamins. And these are the things that are being left out from your influencers are just saying, Oh, just go pick it up, pick up any bottle you want, and more is always better.
2: More is not always better, as we're finding out. Yes. This is great, but I want to find out a little bit more about the two of you now, too. So when you're not working, what do you do for fun?
1: Well, I think Justin and I can both say our primary um job is wrangling our children. So <laughs> <laughs> absolutely which is fun but also uh another full-time job Uh, as far as for hobbies when I do get the chance to try to participate in such a thing um I like to garden so I've, you know, I did not know that. About I know. You. I, guess, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I have a, a goal of trying to get my antique roses to grow in West Texas, which is a challenge. So I um, I enjoy that quite a bit. I play tennis on occasion as well. Not very well, but I try, you know, stay active, all those things. And then other than that, I love to cook. So that's actually probably what I spend most of my time doing. I actually do enjoy cooking for my family. Um, and uh, that's what I spend My free time when I'm not being a mom or being a doctor doing. That sounds
0: so much more entertaining than mine.
1: <laughs> you know, I'm one of those people that I I guess I feel like I
0: need some hobbies. Like I would love to be the person that says, I needlepoint or
1: I crochet. Yeah. I need one of those calls. Just activities. works out. She's really, she's really good about staying on a workout schedule. I have hobbies <laughs> that try to keep me from having to work out. I don't like <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I do a lot of I do a lot of wor- working out exercise fitness stuff, which I think will incorporate, you know, that information about ourselves in in the podcast, obviously. But I also volunteer a ton. I am I mean I just apparently can't say no. So I I volunteer a lot. I work for a lot of different nonprofits, including March of Dimes, a local nonprofit clinic in town that I'm president of the board for. Um I'm on something called the Laura W Bush Institute, which is a women's health initiative. So I'm I'm spread pretty thin. And then I do something super cool these days that just started. Um, I am the Texas Tech University Lady Raiders basketball team physician, which awesome. has been a very fun. Yeah. And so we had uh, you know, our first game that I went to recently. And so it's really exciting. You know, there was nothing really for me to do until the last 35 seconds. <laughs> and I, you know, <laughs> perfect. Got to go take care of one of my girls who was injured on the court. And so it's just one of those really kind of neat things I'm, I've am i you know, fallen into the role of as well. So I'm taking my two-year-old to basketball games now, which... Perfect. I, I, yeah. I have to bring my husband with me though, because I'm yeah. like, honey, what does that foul mean? Like, <laughs> How many do they get? And then I was yeah. like, are there periods or quarters in this or there are halves? Like, I'm like,
1: how does this right. work? Well, you've got yeah, you've got a boy, Jess, you have to learn these things too.
2: Okay? I know. Yeah. I got, the boy I'm
1: mom. a boy mom as well. So I I also had to educate myself on multiple sports. Oh yeah. By yeah, the end yeah, of
2: so- the season, you'll have it all down.
0: That's what I figured, right? I know. I was like landing in a position as a a D1 NCAA, like physician, team physician is definitely something that I can never have pictured in a million years for me. But it's definitely gonna be fun. I figured after first game, I already know a lot. So it's just got to keep going, right? There you
1: go. All
2: right. Well, then this brings up another question. What is your proudest achievement? Oh, I think you could like have us both
0: say that at the exact same time and be like a jinx or mm-hmm. what yeah. people
2: do do jinx exactly. anymore. We've just dated ourselves.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think if anything, we'll agree that we would say our family and our children, obviously number one. Um, but I think we're also both very proud of professionally where we have achieved. I don't think you can have one without the other. Definitely. Um being a doctor makes me be a better mom yes. as well. And mm-hmm. uh, having that profession, I think you know, makes me better for my family and being a mom and being a wife makes me a better doctor oh, as absolutely. well. So I think I would say both of them are very proud achievements for me. Yeah, no, same thing. I am a
0: better physician because I am a mom. I, I've been able to see that over the last, you know, ten years. Like my son's only two and a half, and I've been able to actually see the change in me being a physician with my patients. I think about things more, especially from a women's health perspective. I do see so many women, and I do handle a lot of mental health. Um, I'm able to talk to them about you know, postpartum anxiety and depression and things, you know, and understand those stressors of mm-hmm. having a child and doing that. We talk about things like breastfeeding. I mean, until you've been there, done that, you, I you right. always say mm-hmm. so much. Right. All of yeah. a sudden you're there and actually in that field talking about it. You're like, oh, let me tell you what I did. Or, right? let me, under, you know, I can give them all the facts and what the book says, but until you've been there and, you know, done these things. And granted, thankfully we haven't been in all of our patients' shoes, you know, with cancers and, you know, all these other things we treat every day. But, you know, one of the things I use quite often, my mom was just diagnosed with breast cancer. And so now having that experience of a family member, mm-hmm. I'm able to really talk to my patients who I do diagnose with breast cancer, unfortunately, quite often. And I'm able to kind of coach them through those things and to talk about it on a more personal level, just being, you know, having a family. Makes me a better doctor. I hope being a doctor makes me a better parent as well. Right, you know, I, I can handle no, some sure. boo boos at home. There you
1: go. We we are good at crisis management. I would yes. say, you know? <laughs> yeah. uh, yes, um, yes. It, uh, and also, one of my sons has a chronic medical condition. So being a parent of a patient and being in that perspective has definitely made me a better doctor for sure. i I think on, you know, empathy and compassion in that regard, having been in those shoes is. You know, much different um, as a parent. And I feel like it's just made me much, much more understanding of my patients.
2: And as a, a female physician, do you find that you empathize more?
1: You know that I I was, was interested in we'll what the studies say. Yeah. Oh my God. God.
0: <laughs> you're gonna quote the same thing. I love you for that, Carrie. <laughs> so when Carrie and I were both in, you know, you're probably fellow with that came out. Yeah. And I was, I think yeah. I was a resident still. There was a study that was published, and I think all female physicians like to reference this, this study these days. And I haven't looked it back up in a little while, but it was pretty well validated. Um, and there were some studies showing that female physicians had better outcomes on multiple specialties, especially in the surgical specialties It was looking at, um, other patients that we had better outcomes and they were trying to figure out why that was. And apparently per these studies, that female physicians tend to listen to their patients a little bit more. We have been shown to take a little bit more time with our patients. We speak, I guess they actually counted how many words were said by male physicians and female physicians and hmm how much the patient got to speak and interact and felt heard. And apparently female physicians ha- scored a little bit higher. No disrespect to any of our male counterparts, Carrie's is married to a male physician who is fantastic. Um, but it was something that, you know, it was very nice to feel validated. And um, the studies also have shown different studies that we spend more time answering messages like patient messages and questions in the chart. Um, we spend more time charting there's a lot of extra things that go on that theoretically are due to us being female physicians and just having a little bit, I don't, our brains are different than men. That's the statistical
1: fact. We can't change that part. Absolutely.
2: (laughs) And nobody's going to argue with that. Not me. That's for sure. (laughs) Now who should speaking about, you know, women's health and and being, uh, you know, female physicians, who should listen to this podcast?
0: We hope, we hope everybody, right. Especially, you know, women, of course, we are targeting women of all ages, you know, most specifically the ones that are using social media platforms to access information, which oftentimes, you know, starts with usually college age women, um, you know, high school sometimes look at these things, but not as much. We'd love to have some high schoolers ask us some great questions. I've got a niece who's in middle school, who is just a genius child. You know, she's amazing and she's interested in medicine. So I'm sure she'd have some great questions for us. Mm. You've got family members that have already given us some advice. So we want all the age groups, we want you to feel comfortable to ask us, you know, whether you're in your, you know, your college age, you're in your thirties, you know, where we are, you're in your forties. We're talking about, you know, things like perimenopause and mammograms, or, you know, we're talking about getting your colonoscopy or then you're in your fifties and sixties, you know, like my mom, you know, with breast cancer diagnoses or, you know, what prevention we should be doing there, heart disease, seventies, eighties. I mean, if you're my patients, I've got patients in their 80s that are listening to podcasts and they're telling me about, you know, the oh podcast and the murder <laughs> mysteries. And you know, I'm yeah. I'm all about it. I so. love a good murder mystery. Oh, podcast. For sure. I can
1: tell you that's one of my other hobbies. <laughs> that is one of your other hobbies. Yeah. <laughs> if I had more
0: time, I'd be so glued into more too. But I absolutely I, I'm I'm into those, too, which is probably what joined us into this idea is because we are interested in the fact that podcasts reach a wide variety of audiences, right, they? different ages, and we
1: neither one of us could dance on TikTok, oh, so that gosh, no. you know oh, we, we eliminated oh, a few options. options. Oh, we realized no. we didn't have dance moves. I cannot edit very well, so we thought this was probably the platform that best suited our personalities. Yeah, please but, don't make make me make uh, <laughs> me dance in front of people.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I am very glad you're here. I am looking forward to these episodes very very much. So as we wrap this up. Who wants to one more time, give us the website where people can reach you and they can send in questions there?
0: Yes, they absolutely can send in questions. They can send in questions at the website, which was themeditpodcast.com. Or they can also send them on social media, you know, reach out to us on Instagram um, and send us a. You know, which is, all, which is also the Edit. Yep. The Edit podcast yes. as well. And on Instagram, we have Facebook. You can send us a message. Um, sure, go on LinkedIn. We're there too. You can go on LinkedIn and send us a message. Um, we're here for professionals. We're here for people that are both, you know, educated in the medical field and those that just have, you know, they, this is brand new to them and they're just wanting to mm-hmm. advance their healthcare.
2: All right. Jeff's Carrie, Thank you so much. We'll be looking forward to your episodes coming up. And listeners, Thanks for being with us. Of course, use that subscribe button. Don't miss any of the doctor's shows. Thank you for listening to the MedEdit Podcast. Please click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. For more information about this episode and to learn how you can reach Dr. Carrie Sorrell and Dr. Jessica Gray, please visit today's show notes. And don't forget, click that follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information and content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and does not constitute a physician-patient relationship. If you need medical advice or help, contact your personal physician. The views and opinions of the guests do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Dr. Jessica Gray and Dr. Carrie Sorrell. This podcast should not be considered as an alternative for medical advice, diagnosis, or confirmation of an illness or disease seek assistance from your personal health practitioner.